we're failing right now because this sunshine that shines on all of us and this promise of renewable energy, it really should be bridging the gap. You know, this, this should be bringing us closer um, to, to helping our friends and neighbors and each and every one of us, you know, giving us access so that we can all rise together. And the fact of the matter is that renewable energy is creating a larger equity gap. This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Kenji Cataldo. I'm Suyuno Amos. Each week, we'll be talking story with grassroots community organizers at the forefront of progressive movements for change in Hawaii. Over this series, we're featuring the 30 grantees who received community-raised funds through the Hawaii People's Fund this year. It's our biggest cohort to date, and we're so excited to share their stories with you. Our interview today is with Todd Yamashita. Todd is the president of the Ho'ahu Energy Cooperative Molokai. Ho'ahu Energy Cooperative is a grassroots initiative for renewable energy production that is deeply rooted in the tight-knit community of Molokai, which has a population of just under 7,500. Molokai is known for being an island that has maintained truly Aina-based lifeways with the fewest conveniences and comforts of modern Western life, which can be both a blessing and a struggle for its residents. Todd gives us a clearer perspective of how the high cost of electricity in Molokai affects residents and how energy sovereignty plays a vital role in the future of the island. Here we are. We're with Todd Yamashita of Ho'ahu Energy Cooperative Molokai today. Todd, could you introduce yourself and tell us how Ho'ahu Energy came to be? Sure. So my name is Todd Yamashita, like you said, and um, I am a fourth generation Molokai resident and I have two boys, eight and 10 years old. And um, I, I've done a lot of things here. I, I uh, own the Molokai Dispatch, the publisher of the newspaper here. Uh, I've also been a, a worldwide voyager. I, I was lucky enough to uh, uh, voyage on a worldwide voyage for one of the legs. And um, yeah, and, and this is kind of one of the more recent things that uh, I've, I've joined in the community to do and it is Hoahu Electric Cooperative Molokai. And uh, the word Hoahu, and not to be uh, confused with the island Oahu, Hoahu means to, um, to capture or um, you, to, to collect. Like imagine like a basket or even like a, uh, maybe like a solar panel collecting sun. Uh, and we thought it was uh, only natural to call our organization who was actually gifted uh, from a classmate of mine, Kilia Purdy. Um, but uh, we, we thought it was just a natural fit because um, it, it's really in line with, uh, with our values and, and what we're trying to do with the organization. I, I can just tell the story from the, from the, from the beginning, you know, why, why we're here, right? Uh, I, I, I think... I think to, to ask the question why we're here is, is really important. Um, and, and first of all, I'd like to say that every major person that's involved in this is, is a, uh, a Molokai community member or you know, has been a Molokai community member. Um, and it's something that we've done volunteer, completely volunteer to this time. And we're talking hundreds and hundreds of hours, years of work um, to, to get us here. 
And so to answer the question, why, you know, why are we spending this time? Um, why would we bother um, with this with this project and, and other projects to bring renewable energy to our island? Um, it's 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 really a reaction. Um, I, I really want to say energy justice is completely at the heart of, of what we do and, and where we come from. You know, just to put it into perspective, um, Molokai has probably has the highest percentage of low to moderate income, you know, per capita. And, you know, many of us, myself included, you know, we, we live on, uh, you know, fixed income. And I live month to month. I, you know, I have a part time job. And, you know, my electric bill is between $150 and $200 a month. To put that in perspective, um, if I was paying mainland rates, my bill would probably be $25 to $30, you know. And so if you just stop to imagine a whole entire community that's, that's a lot like me, less privileged than me, actually, you know, um, what, what can we each do with an extra $150? dollars um, for our families. How much more food can we put on the table? And so the reason why we're here is <clears throat> the reason why we're here is is a reaction to um, energy oppression. You know, um, it, it's we have multi-generational families, you know, like uh, living under one roof. Um, you know, I, I've heard of electric bills being 500 to you know, 600, 700 dollars. And it's if it, it, it's it's hard it's hard to describe you know what it's like to live month to month. It, it's um, you know to to be able to build on that to send your kids to college um, to if you're lucky enough to own a home to improve your home. Um, you know all those things are kind of just always out of reach um, if you're in that position. So you know the other reason why we're here is because. We live on Molokai and Molokai is just an amazing place. You know, it, it's, it's not just because it's beautiful and, and because there's open spaces. It's beautiful because we have a, a community here that's intact. It's, it's a population of 7,000 people. And we, we all pretty much know each other. Um, you know, we at least know each other's families. And so we do all our communication at the grocery store and, you know, word of mouth, grassroots. It's, it's really how our community runs. And so we also have this culture here, this indigenous culture, um, which is our Hawaiian culture. And, you know, I think uh, around 60% of the population here identifies as, as Native Hawaiian or part Native Hawaiian. And so that's, that's really impressive, you know, but it, it's, so we're at this juxtaposition again of, you know, well, let's go, go back to answering the question of why. We live in this beautiful place and it's and it's not I've heard people say, wow, you're so lucky you're from Molokai, it's, you know, that it's it's still like the way it is. And, I, you know, right away, I'm like, oh, luck has nothing to do with it. Um, this is the work of uh, our, our our kupuna, our, our ancestors, our forefathers. Uh, people work really, 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 really hard to keep Molokai exactly the way it is. So it's 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 not by luck or by chance. And so the other reason why we're here is um, to honor this space that that we have here, you know, to honor this community, to honor this culture that's vastly intact. And so, you know, the, the people that I work with on our board, um, you know, we we all come from this same approach. We're, we're here to serve our community. 
Um, it's, it's not like this um, unseen population. Um, it's our friends and, and neighbors and it's ourselves. It's our family. We're doing this to survive, basically. And so, um, yeah. And so to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, our kupuna and the people who came before us, Molokai is known for its activist spirit. And um, back in the back in the early 70s, um, we had this grassroots um, Aloha Aina movement. And, um, you know, I, one of the things that they're known for was, um, you know, really pushing the issue of access, um, access rights, native Hawaiian gathering rights, access rights to the beach. And so, you know, when you drive around Hawaii and you see these public access uh, kind of kind of uh, right of ways to the beach, uh, Molokai has a lot to do with that. And uh, these radical guys, they said, oh, yeah, we, you know, we did good in this space. And, and what can we do next? And so they they went and occupied Koho Olave. And as many of you know, um, you know, that and probably the birth of Hukulea were uh, the two major things to, um, you know, create this this renaissance and this revival of Hawaiian culture. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm proud. I, I can say I'm very proud to be from this island and from a place that, you know, fosters that spirit where, where, where culture is still alive and, and lived and practiced every, every day. Yeah, and so um, we're here to, to also to, to honor that legacy. And, and to speak of that, you know, um, oftentimes Molokai, you hear about Molokai because there's some kind of controversy. Um, you know, we've, we've had our pineapples, uh, you know, plantations pull out and uh, we've had our big hotels shut down. We've had our ranches closed. Um, you know, we've had big developments uh, tried to, you know, upstart here and, and, and just shut down by the community. And, and so, you know, for the many, for, for the many decades, you know, before me and, and up till this point, um, there's been a lot of resistance and, and pushback. Um, like I said, really hard work to keep Molokai's unique character intact. We're at this really interesting point now. Um, a lot of this controversy that I just described, um, you know, has, has somewhat settled. We're still fighting for a lot of things. There's still water rights and land rights. Um, you know, Molokai Ranch is for sale right now. Um, that's one third of our island. That's a big issue. But relatively, there's been uh, low controversy, and we've also had the past two or three years of COVID, and it's really this is the the really you know interesting and exciting part you know as, as far as you know from what I can see, is that we're at this turning point. We 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 have this great open space that we've held for ourselves, and so now the question is, uh, instead of just resisting. Uh, and, and, and having this negative space here or this open space here, this vacuum of, of, you know, resources, which people from the outside see as something that's available to potentially extract. Um, can we fill that space with our own vision instead of waiting for the next development, instead of waiting for the next major project that's built by somebody else that benefits somebody else, profits someone else? Um, can we take this moment in time and, you know, all of the, the resources and support that we have and, and can we, can we build something that's in our own vision? 
Um, and, and, I, and I think that's, that's another main reason why we're here today. It's so interesting to hear what's led to this point and how there's this moment of opportunity right now. Could you lay out for us how energy is currently generated on Molokai and what would be different about producing electricity through an energy cooperative? Sure. Uh, that, those are really good questions. So how does a Molokai grid work right now? Uh, from the very beginning, we've been, we've been burning diesel. And uh, to this day, we're still burning diesel. Uh, the, the utility here is Maui Electric, and the parent company is uh, Hawaii Electric. And um, they have uh, you know, announced that we would be the first island to be completely off-grid uh, by 2035, uh, before all of the other islands. Uh, not off-grid, but completely renewable. Um, and to this day, we, we, have, we have yet to have one uh, grid-scale uh, renewable energy project. And so every day we're burning diesel to keep our lights on. Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's just as bad as all the other old systems, but when you're on a small Island and you can see the smokestacks, uh, all day, every day, um, you, you know, it's not good. So, um, our grid is relatively small. I, I think somebody once said that Hilton Hawaiian village, when it's at its full capacity, takes as much electricity as, as all of Molokai. So I think currently right now, uh, we use about, uh, 10 megawatts max. Um, and looking forward, we're probably going to be using, uh, 12 to 14 megawatts. And, and that's looking at, um, the, the adoption of electric vehicles and electrifying our, our transportation. Uh, as you know, um, our static electricity, the electricity we use our, in our homes, uh, you know, is, is, it does account for a lot of the electricity, but transportation, I think, is something like 40% or something like that. So um, we do see um, the, the needs going up. And so, um, you know, to, to go back to the story of uh, how, how we got here, why we're here, um, you know, we've been working for, like I said, we've been working for years as a community on this. And I think the discussion started, um, when Oahu, uh, at one point had announced that they wanted to build 50 giant windmills in Molokai and pipe the electricity over via undersea cable to Oahu. And of course they got a, a lot of us, um, you know, engaged, I would say. Um, and, and I think the conversation wasn't so much of, you know, not in my backyard. Um, we're always here to help our neighbors. Um, but it was more of, of, of need and capacity. You know, I, I think if you're lucky enough to have solar on your own rooftop, it only takes about a quarter to a third of your rooftop space. So to have a whole another island outgrow its footprint, you know, it, 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 it made us uh, come to the table. And so that, that, uh, that conversation has continued to this day. Um, there's uh, a friend of mine, Ali Andrews from Shake Energy, about three years ago, um, she started engaging with our community and uh, you know, she was still going to school at the time and was just really curious about um, this conversation, this ongoing conversation about energy that we've been having and um, jumped into the conversation. Um, she started her own energy company and so we both kind of grew grassroots along the way. And, you know, going back to our island, not having any grid scale renewable energy yet, there's been a, f a couple failed uh, projects here and for various reasons. Um, um, but, 
what's what happened is the Public Utilities Commission in Hawaii said, well, you know, let's let's quit monkeying around. Let's get something built here and let's make sure um, I, I think now, it, you know, let's make sure that it has equity. And so there are these community solar programs in uh, uh, on the continent uh, in, in the United States that um, basically uh, shares solar with community members who can't typically get their own systems. And so when they announced that they were going to be building a, a project here on Molokai, uh, our group jumped up and said, wow, um, this would be perfect. And, and, and instead of letting another developer come in here and just offer us some community benefits um, so that they could, you know, fill in the dots, um, let's, let's, can we build this ourselves? You know, is this, can we attract the partners that we need, the professionals that we need to pull a project like this together? Can we build it for ourselves? And can we redistribute those profits and those funds back to our customers? And so um, we looked at a few different ownership models. Um, you know, many people are familiar with uh, the Kauai utility, KIUC. Uh, they are cooperative. Um, they are different. They own their whole. Uh, they own the whole grid there, um, and, and everything else. And so our cooperative is, is a little different. We're set up as a consumer cooperative, and um, the goal for us is basically um, to sell energy through this project through to the utility, and with those profits, use those profits to benefit our subscribers. And uh, so this program is open, uh, wide open to everybody on Molokai, except for if you already have rooftop solar. And so it, it's a really great program. And, and I just want to put it in perspective. Think about when you drive around Oahu or, or wherever it is in Hawaii or wherever in the world you live and look at the renewable energy projects that you see, whether they're solar panels on someone's roof um, whether it's a giant solar panel out in Waianae uh, or giant windmills out in Kahuku, really think about every single one of those projects and who they benefit. Uh, they benefit homeowners. They benefit small businesses. Um, you know, these communities that shoulder these giant projects, they might be benefit. They might be benefited indirectly, um, but there is no direct benefit. To their, to their communities. So, you know, if, if you look at these projects um, around where you live, um, these, these renewable energy projects right now, uh, almost every single one of them uh, benefit uh, people who already have equity. So people who have privilege, people who own their own homes, um, people who have their own businesses and What's really um, kind of at the root of this is, is you think about the sunshine, it, it shines on all of us. And think about our need for electricity. It's a basic human need today. And so, you know, you put those two things together and, and you, you really start to realize the need to democratize energy. And I, I think we're really failing Right now, I, I'm sorry to, 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 to shed a little bit of bad news, but I think we're really failing right now when you look around and every single one of these projects is for somebody that already has something. You know, uh, here on my island, 30% uh, of the people who live here are renters. 
Uh, and we also have a whole huge population of Hawaiian homesteaders. We have five major Hawaiian homesteads on Molokai, and we're the, we had we hosted the very first homestead in all of Hawaii. And some of the people on these homesteads uh, aren't even connected to the grid. They don't even have uh, the infrastructure that they need. And so um, we're failing right now because this sunshine that shines on all of us and this promise of renewable energy, it really should be bridging the gap. You know, this, this should be bringing us closer um, to, to helping our friends and neighbors and each and every one of us, you know, giving us access so that we can all rise together. And the fact of the matter is that renewable energy is creating a larger equity gap. And again, you can see that just by looking at around at the, at the projects you can see. And so renewable, or, or sorry, um, community uh, solar, in, in this case in Hawaii, it's called community-based renewable energy or CBRE. Uh, I just like to call it community energy. It's really it, the easiest way to think about it. It's like, um, it's virtual solar, right? So if, uh, you know, if Auntie living on the homestead she cannot get solar because her roof is too old and, and nobody wants to climb up there. And so she's left out in the cold. Um, you know, this project is meant to put a whole bunch of panels in one field and we can say, hey, auntie, sign up as a subscriber. And, you know, the six panels that you would, you know, that you would like to have on your roof, uh, we'll put it in a field um, next to other solar panels for your other neighbors. And we'll give, we're going to credit your credit you directly to your bill, and so our subscribers um, sh will be able to see a savings directly on their bill, um, and so that's you know that's that's that is really the key behind community solar is is this idea that um, renewable energy can be accessible to especially the people who need it most. What are some of the positive impacts you've seen or some of the accomplishments that you've achieved in your time doing this work? It, it, it's, it has been such hard work, like I said, uh, years in the making for us uh, to get this cooperative together. And, you know, honestly, for us to do this in our own silo, it would be a real waste of, of time and energy if it wasn't something that we could share. We're also involved in energy justice forums um, uh, throughout Hawaii and have, have done a, a good job of kind of getting out there and, you know, making energy a little bit more exciting, you know, making it about, you know, not just the engineering and everything behind it, but, but about the people. And so, you know, through, through these, uh, through a lot of these, these talks and forums that we have, um, you know, our, our story is interesting because Number one, because we're, we're from Molokai and, and uh, we're the underdog. And, and number two, because we're doing pretty cutting, cutting edge stuff. And so, um, you know, through this exposure that we've had, um, we've been able to engage other communities. And so community-based renewable energy is not just uh, available here on Molokai. Uh, these projects are actually rolling out throughout Hawaii right now. And uh, so through some of these uh, forums and talk story, grassroots uh, talk story efforts that we've had around energy, we've engaged some, some of these other communities. And I'm really proud to say that um, uh, Oahu, both Oahu and the Big Island have uh, put uh, requested from the Public Utilities Commission 
uh, to put their projects on hold so that they can better understand our process, so that they can better understand um, you know, the, the request for a proposal process and, um, and, and maybe get in there just like we have. So we're huge on um, helping our friends and neighbors and trying to make uh, community solar something that is not just you know one project here and there, um, but hopefully um, you know at, at the core of our renewable energy future here in Hawaii. And so some of the other uh, great things that we've done is um, we we've made a lot out of nothing, which we're really good at here on Molokai. Um, we, we've taken this volunteer only board and uh, we've, we've uh, attracted some, some resources and some help from different places. I'm proud to say that we now have a full time uh, project coordinator and uh, she's actually having her uh, third baby today as we speak. So uh, congratulations to Liliana Napoleon from Molokai. She's a Molokai girl born and raised and uh, just so proud of her. She just came on with us. And right away, uh, she went and hired us a, a Kupu intern who's half time for a full year. And this is another Native Hawaiian, uh, a young woman uh, from our community. And so just so proud that uh, already from the work that we're doing, um, we're creating jobs and keeping our young people here at home. Uh, that's about to multiply. We're gonna, we're, um, Liliana is, is helping us design a workforce development program and so we're taking some of the funds that we got from Maui County uh, and we're not using it to for this project. We're not using it to apply for this project. Um, you know, if we're going to take public funds, we want to we want to use it to the maximum benefit of our community. So what we're doing with these funds is creating a workforce development program so that um, regardless of who builds this project and future projects here on Molokai, it will be our workforce here on Molokai. Uh, that will be up front and center. And so uh, this summer, um, uh, with Liliana's help, uh, we'll be doing uh, hands-on training, uh, actually a hybrid program, uh, online and hands-on training, uh, right here on, on Molokai. And we're hoping uh, to have at least uh, a dozen people here certified as uh, solar installers. And uh, yeah, sorry, going, going back towards um, the scale of things. So I, I wanna talk about the size of this project. Um, the size of the, the, um, the bid um, that we're uh, responding to is 2.75 megawatts. And so earlier I, I, I said that we're at about 10, 10 or so megawatts uh, usage for the island. So this solar project would account for about roughly about 20% of Molokai's electricity needs at, at, at this point. And so, um, you know, it, it's... In a lot of ways, it's our foot in the door. Um, but as you can see through this workforce development program, um, we are getting our population ready for the, you know, the renewable energy future that's just right at our doorstep. Um, and and just wait, there's more. <laughs> you know, we're not just going to teach our our people how to build solar for the sake of building solar and, and doing these big projects. Uh, we are actually going to be building small off-scale, uh, sorry, small off-grid renewable energy projects. Um, and, and basically you can think of it as um, a few solar panels, a storage source, and 
in an inverter and controller, basically something that would replace uh, a 2000 or 3000 watt generator. And um, so we're going to be building a handful of these systems. And I mentioned earlier that there are a number of people uh, who haven't just been living for years disconnected from the grid, but, but some of them living for generations off the grid, some of them not by choice. Um, these, um, you know, these guys live out of coolers. They got to buy ice every day to keep their food cold, or they just um, have to live with canned food or something that doesn't need to be refrigerated. They use propane uh, and they run the generator. Some of them have medical issues and need to run a generator, gas generator, um, just, you know, just to kind of survive. And so uh, really meaningful, you know, this is, you know, if, if we're not helping our most vulnerable, then, then what are we doing? Yeah. So to, to our workforce development, we're going to be building a handful of these uh, off, off grid, uh, little small, cool little projects. And um, that should be enough electricity to provide uh, a refrigerator, 24-7 lights, computer, maybe run a washing machine now and then, um, the bare necessities. And, and it, we also want to be reporting on the health of the system uh, so that we know it's running, we know that it's safe, um, and that's going to require uh, an internet connection. And so we're also looking at installing a hotspot in these. And uh, as you can imagine, a good number of these families have uh, very little access to internet as well. And so we're hoping to improve communications uh, for these families as well. And so that's all to say, um, you know, this is just a tip of the iceberg. Um, this cooperative um, is got a lot of energy. Uh, I, I would say that we're really quick movers and look out for us. It's exciting to hear all the dimensions of this, democratizing energy, creating jobs. Um, you spoke a bit about energy justice. And I'm wondering if you think about your work in terms of energy sovereignty, too, and if so, what that means to you. Really good question. Um, really good friend of mine, uh, Hale Aloha'iau, another uh, Molokai resident. Uh, we, we, we always, uh, we talk story now and then, and, you know, I remember years ago I was checking in with him, and I said, hey, Hale Aloha, you know, what, what, what's the latest with Hawaiian sovereignty? What, what's going on, and, you know, where, where are you where are you focusing your efforts? And, and uh, you know, I think he, at, at the time he was an acting commissioner of uh, Department of Hawaiian Homelands here on, on Molokai. And uh, he said he realized something. He said, you know, if, if we can become resource sovereign, what is the difference with political sovereignty and re resource sovereignty? It's, it's almost practically the same thing. And I, I was really just impressed by that approach, you know, and, and as you know, Molokai has, has always had this, this spirit of, of activism and, and behind that spirit is, is this, this sense of justice and, and this sense of self-sufficiency. And, you know, I, I, I think if, if you, you take a look at all of that, you take a look at the history, you take a look at our current opportunities and, and everything and, you know, this, there's so many bright engineers out there. There's so much that has been done in the world of renewable energy. It is amazing. It's one of the reasons why I, I'm here. I geek out on this stuff, you know, and, and it's awesome. And I just want to say, and the next step is also 
we need to put that same level of ingenuity towards equity. Because if, if we're building all of these amazing things and it's creating a bigger equity gap, if it's making it harder for people, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's not going to work for us. And so energy sovereignty um, is, is, like I said, it's at, at the root of what we do. I, I think everybody who lives here on Molokai, I know everybody who lives here on Molokai. It doesn't matter if you just moved here or um, if you've been here for generations. Uh, we all have this scenario in the back of our mind. We ask ourselves the question, what am I going to do when the barge stops? You know, um, this island, all of our groceries, everything else comes via the barge, via Young Brothers. And so um, do I think it's actually going to happen? You know, there might be disruptions here and there, but I, I think at the base of this, it, it, it's not this, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic end of the world scenario. I think it's what's at the base of this thinking is, you know, how, how can I help myself and my neighbors? And, and I, 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 I really want to speak to, you know, the importance that, the pride that people have here, that's, I think, where it comes from. You know, if you can grow enough or hunt enough or harvest enough for your family and you have enough to give away after that at the end of the day, ultimately, you know, that status over here, you know, that, that's, that's an amazing thing. How can listeners get involved and support Community Solar? Yeah, how... How can you get involved if you're listening to this? Um, I would say talk to your leadership. Talk to the people in your community uh, who, know what, who knows what's going on in energy. Um, talk to your local lawmakers and ask them about CBRE, Community-Based Renewable Energy. Ask them if it's available for your community. Um, ask that Community-Based Renewable Energy you know, benefit the people in your ahupua'a so that they're not going to, you know, build a project under the disguise of shared energy and then share it with everybody else and build it in your backyard. So we, the public, I, the public utilities commission in Hawaii right now is really progressive. Um, you know, they're, I, I think what they're doing is they're, they're really, they see, They've seen what's happened in Kahuku. They've seen failed projects, um, and and they know that you know the clock is ticking. You know, it, it, it's it, they. I think the PUC is progressive right now because they they have to be. And um, so if if you can, you know, urge your you know, if you can get a hold of the PUC, if you can get a hold of your lawmakers, the utility, just have these conversations. Let them know that communities like Molokai, you know, are excited and engaged and we want to be excited and engaged. We want our energy projects to benefit our communities directly in a meaningful sort of way. Um, I, I think we got to start in our communities. We have to take a look in our communities and, and who, who is not benefiting from uh, renewable energy? Who's, who is not even connected to the grid right now? Um, I, that's that's where I've chosen for us to start with our workforce development. And, you know, there's no reason why, you know, anyone else from their communities can't do the same thing. 
Thank you so much, Todd. The work you're doing is extremely critical. And the way you talk about self-reliance, but also community reliance and community sharing is really inspiring and something I'm going to be taking with me from this conversation today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I just I can't say enough about or um, about the, the community that's um, kind of put this together. And so I, I do want to mention our our vice president, Lori Buchanan. Um, she works uh, to help uh, keep invasive species off the island. She's uh, worked for many years doing that. Um, she's also involved in uh, a lot of uh, community leadership efforts here. And uh, if anything, she's taught me to maka'ala. And maka'ala in Hawaiian uh, means to be uh, watchful or have a, a guardian-like spirit. And I appreciate that from her. We also have uh, Chris O'Brien, who is our treasurer. And uh, he is a, a gifted grant writer and also works for Sustainable Molokai. And I want to give a big shout out to Sustainable Molokai because um, th they're uh, a great nonprofit organization here that I think they've gone from something like 13 employees prior to the pandemic to 30 uh, employees now. And um, so Chris, uh, we borrowed Chris over uh, from Sustainable Molokai, and he's really helped funnel the resources and help out, helped us to figure out our financials. Uh, we also have Sequoia, and Sequoia was a Molokai resident for many years. She now lives on uh, Kauai. And... Uh, She's uh, uh, one of our energy uh, gurus and um, also helps us uh, keep things in, in, in line with the, with the organization. We also have uh, uh, McKenna Fernandez, who's another uh, board member um, that we appreciate a lot. He's uh, active in the community and uh, his uh, partner happens to be Keani Rollins, who's our county council member. And uh, I'd also like to give a shout out to uh, Maui County right now. I have the chance. Um, they have been uh, instrumental in, in helping us build a program uh, that's not just about solar, but it's about workforce development and engaging our, our public here. And, uh, you know, while I'm at it, uh, Hawaii People's Fund, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to, um, you know, I... I I, it's, it's really hard to describe when you're so grassroots that no one knows who you are. Um, you know, you're, you start off with nothing uh, except for maybe your reputation and, you know, years of sweat equity. And, um, you know, for an organization um, to, to come in and to recognize that, you know, this is uh, an issue of energy justice and, and, and social justice. Um, and, and to help us, um, you know, form our organization in the very beginning when we had nothing, um, you know, that's a huge leap of faith. And it's what certainly one of the things that has gotten us here today. So big mahalo. Yeah, thank you. And we appreciate the work that you do. Earlier this week, Ho'ahu Energy Cooperative Molokai submitted their bid for the 2.5 megawatt project. This would be a huge step for Molokai's transition to renewable energy and for energy justice in Hawaii. They'll learn if their bid was accepted this summer, so keep an eye out for that news. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me and me with additional support from Mickey. Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Huihui. Hui. Revolutionary. Flag
Production of this podcast is supported by a fellowship from Princeton University. Thank you to our community donors and to you, our audience, for listening. In our next episode, we'll be speaking with Lying Hawaii. One word, two words, three words, a phrase. Every time you say something, you honor your ancestors. You don't want to miss it.